Uh, yeah, I'm Vincent Luin. Miles Landing. Oliver Turner! Hello and welcome to Sportscar Jersey, a show dedicated to sports that you love on the island. On today's show, I reflect on a brilliant weekend for Super League Triathlon in Jersey and also talk to a Jersey rugby legend, Miles Landick. A massive thank you to Sports Hub for sponsoring today's show. If you would like to sponsor a show, please do get in contact at dphsport19 at gmail.com. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sports. Up first, we take a look back at a fantastic weekend where the best triathletes came to town. It was Super League Triathlon Jersey. And not here, my friend! Uh, yeah, I mean, I won last year uh, the World Super League and I won uh, Jersey. So, yeah, I, I hope to do the hat trick, uh, winning again here and obviously winning the series too. That could be that could be really good. And if I can do it like with a, a bit of a French touch, yeah, I would love it. Uh, I want to focus on being able to nail those, those process parts of it. I, I mean, for me, I really want to have a good ride and um, be confident technically and be able to just uh, practice all those different pieces of each of each race and um, try to make the least amount of mistakes as possible. I'm just glad that we're in the same race together so that we can try and give, uh, give the crowd something to uh, be interested in and uh, cheer on. Well, to honestly, I think the Super League in Jersey for me is probably the highlight of my career so far. I think um, having a race with so many people like family, friends and just familiar faces cheering you on, you don't really get that every day or in any race really um, so having a home race with, with such a high calibre of athletes and such a large um, spectator population around the course uh, it makes it really really special so um, yeah I think having a Super League in Jersey for me is a massive I'm really looking forward to the race Here comes your race leader and your winner of Heat 2 well, she's smiling and so she should be because she really played a fantastic Race is fantastic tactical race, and she is the winner and winning that short shoot for tomorrow's final. Out there today. 
yeah, super tough, super tough course. Um, I feel like I've definitely gone out and done what I came here to do. Um, I'm just waiting game now to see how the the next heat goes, uh, whether or not I make the final for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I didn't learn anything new. I learned I still need to go home and work on my running. I think it'll take more than a winter, but certainly with uh, the next eight months over winter, I can make drastic changes. Um, I hope to maybe race in the Super League next year, um, and by which time I might be even more competitive than I was this year. Um, unfortunately for Josh, it wasn't his best race. How do you bounce back for something like that? I mean, I think I think Josh is a fantastic athlete. Like you said, he hasn't um, uh, performed to his potential today. That happens in sport, and Josh is a super strong athlete, and he, he'll certainly bounce back and get the results that he deserves. Was it a bit surreal seeing all the fans seeing, cheering you on again? Yeah, definitely. I think I definitely fed off the crowd today, so I can't thank everyone enough for coming down to cheer me on. Um, yeah, hopefully to make the final. I'll see you guys down here tomorrow. Uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, actually, I felt I felt super good, and the, the new race, especially on the bike, it really suits me. It's really technical, and I, I really like it. I mean, I felt powerful. My fitness good, so yeah, I, I, today was a blast. But yeah, can't wait for tomorrow. Are you confident to go on and win it tomorrow? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I, I, I came to this race today doing like swim, bike run, swim, bike run and just keep in mind that I can do a third round after that and I, I think that was it. I mean, the, 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 the second lap on the run was just chill, just like uh, high-fiving the, the crowd. So I think I, I can go for one more round. Now we'll see tomorrow the weather will be a bit like more sketchy with some with some uh, showers announced. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, the fitness there. So... If, if nothing bad happened, I, I should be in contention for a good spot. Bombs! Cruising through transition area. Let's get behind the New Zealand prodigy. What a superstar. This is the, this is the future of the sport. Only a youngster. Been in the sport a couple of years. From an external background. Here's Johnny. Let's go Johnny. Aaron Royale. Anthony Pujas from France. These guys are working so well together. There's four. And here he comes. The world champion 75 break three. Here he comes. Gustav Eden. He's run up in the fifth. Ben Canoon sixth. They gotta do it. They gotta jam it. Was, uh, yeah, really happy. Um, yeah, from the start, um, yeah, had a good swim. Uh, was right in the mix there, and uh, just put it, uh, put it full gas on the on the bike. Uh, got to the front uh, on the, the third lap, and I just really wanted to push it and get an advantage onto the run. Uh, just hit the run as hard as I could on the first leg to get myself an advantage. I was expecting to get caught in the swim. Um, this is my weakest leg, and there's some real strong swimmers in this. Uh, partner, I did get caught, but I just tried to do transition as fast as I could. And um, yeah, for me, I wanted to go solo on the bike on the second leg and uh, just use the corners to my advantage. And then um, so I could try and make the run as easy as possible. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. So I was real happy. How much confidence does that give you to go into tomorrow? Um, yeah, it gives me a bit of confidence, but um, I don't, you know, it's it's you know tomorrow. There's um, the age field with stacks with uh, the, you know the reigning champion and uh, Mari Mola. You know, there's a lot of runners in there. Else, it's for the summer, so you know, I think everyone together is going to make it a tough uh, day. Firstly, congratulations! What a performance? How do you feel? Yeah, I, I feel good. I mean, already yesterday I felt really good during the race, and today was just like. It was just the continuous um, way of the of the weekend. I mean, that, that's a, that's a good weekend for me. I felt very strong. The fitness is here. The body reacts well, and the mind is still hungry for more wins. So it feels good. Uh, how did you adapt to the weather and the change of format today? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was a bit mixed because I, I would have loved to, to do the bike, but safety first. The organizers took the good decision, I think, for our safety, and I can just thank them for this because you, you don't see this often. Uh, obviously, they always want the race to happen, but Super League is nice for this. They take care of the athletes, and I mean, I was I was quite happy when I saw the win to, to not do the bike. Maybe some others weren't that happy, but yeah, for me, it worked well. Uh, whatever the race was, if we had to ride, I would have ride. I mean, I'm here for I'm here for race. So whatever they want me to race, I race it. Uh, French connection one and two. How, did, how was that special as well? Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, Pierre is a good friend from a long term, so we we get along pretty well together. And I'm happy if he's I'm happy that he was second. He had a tough day yesterday. I think he wasn't really ready for the intensity of Super League, but he redeemed himself. Uh, he redeemed himself today, and I'm quite happy he's second. Um, Sitting on the podium next next to one of your countrymates is all that special, you know. Uh, Hayden came third. What's your advice to him, being an up and coming talent? Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad. Actually, I'm glad there is someone in between him and uh, him and me. So it's some less point for him and more point for me. It's a bit of a gap. So I got a bit of a buffer coming to Malta, but for sure Pierre will be strong in Malta. So yeah, really looking forward to this race. I, I, I really like it. So yeah, three weeks, three weeks to see to see whatever is gonna deliver on the Malta's race. That was men's winner Vincent Louise talking to me after another successful Super League triathlon in Jersey. It was great to see Ollie Turner, a local boy, going against the best on our very own backyard. I am already looking forward to next year's triathlon. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sports. Up next is Miles Landick, a Jersey rugby legend and an all-round nice guy talking about his experiences and his career from playing to being a coach. Miles, thank you for coming on. What is your first memories of rugby? Was it always your best sport? Um, to be honest with you, I, I think cricket was my best sport for, a, for a, a decent period of time. I've always played rugby when I was at school. Uh, never came out to the rugby club. I'm not coming out to the rugby club. I, you know, I, I won't fit in, etc. And and I got to sort of year 10 and um, Mark Fisher, his son Luke, was at the same school as me. And he said, come on, I'm involved at the club. Let's get you up there. So one morning I sort of said, right, Sunday morning, no, I'm going to go up and do it. And uh, I did one training session. And obviously me being a big chubby boy at the time, still am, <laughs> uh, was thrown into the front row and they needed front row. And then the next weekend I got selected to go to, to Guernsey. And uh, our age group hadn't beaten Guernsey for a long time. And... I played in that game and we won, so it was it was no, it was a it was a fantastic experience, and that's ultimately how I got into the game. So, um, and it was the start of a good journey. So you say first game you played against Guernsey, you won. Was there any other highlights of your young career? Well, yeah, I think I think. Do you know what? When when I first started, the first couple of weeks, we went away and I thought, actually, the lads that I was surrounded by, you know, I thought, actually, this is a sport I want to stay involved in. Um, and then we went on that seat. We uh, That was under 15s. And then I did a year at under 16s. And then we did Colts. And uh, I've managed to progress a bit more. And then Colts, we, we were the first team to win the Hampshire Cup in the history of the club uh, at, at youth level. Um, so we won the under-18 Hampshire Cup and we played against Gosport and Fairham out on the main pitch out here. And we had just over a thousand people watching. Um, it was a huge event and, and, and winning that game was definitely a highlight. And um, for the club to win a Hampshire Cup 
uh, and obviously us as players and friends to win it together was it was an amazing experience. So yeah, definitely, I think I think the Hampshire Cup win was was well up there. Um, Do you remember your first call up to the first team? Yeah, I, I was actually playing for the Kenneve Rugby Club at the time because I left. I left the club. We pl- uh, we went up to under eight, under nineteens at the club. We got the national cup and we got knocked out in the quarter final of the national cup. Um, so I went back and played for Kenneve. Uh I was playing for Kenneve and then Ben Ben Harvey at the time message you know got hold of me and said, "Milo, look, I want you to be involved in the first team game against the Royal Artillery." And back then, the Royal Artillery was a big fixture. It was a friendly fixture, but we still you still played for the trophy. Um, and that was my, and, and I was playing at Kenneve and the, at that time in the, in the recent years, there wasn't many players that have done that. There had been players previously, um, but in that, around that time, there was no one else that had asked, was playing for a different club that got selected to play for the first team. So um, that was a big day for me. Unfortunately, the game got cancelled. Um, I think uh, due to weather, uh, the pitch was flooded. So then my, fir- my first, that was my first call up. Um, didn't quite go to plan. And then the end of that season. Um, I decided I need to sort myself out. I lost lost about five or six stone and and uh, had a chat with Ben. Uh, ben said, you know, it'd be great if you could be involved in a rugby environment. And at the time at the club, there was five pros, uh, one being uh, V, Big V, Sammy, Nathan Kemp. Um, so I ended up moving into the club as the groundsman. So I did the groundsman on the side and did the rugby. And that's how I got, and, that, and that's how it started from there, really. Um, is that a proud moment? to put on the jersey shirt to represent jersey even as a coach now is that one of the proudest parts of being part of this club yeah do you know what i think there's there's no other feeling you can you can describe i mean uh the Siam cups pulling on the shirt at the Siam cup um that buzz that feeling in the dressing room and i was so lucky to be surrounded by so many good players um and just genuine good blokes so uh, and friends for life so i think that 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 feeling of pulling on a jersey shirt, that, that feeling in the dressing room, I still get it now as a coach. You know, you sort of get but- butterflies and you think, well, what, what, you know, what, what a time. So, um, so yeah, very proud to pull on, pull on a jersey shirt. Um, obviously, you played with players such as John Brennan, um, Rogers as well, who were my teachers back then. And that's how I remember those days back 10 years ago, must be now. Um, what were they like? Were they good role models for you? Yeah, definitely. I think Delacell had about half the rugby squad out there at one point. Um, yeah, they were. You know, John Brennan is someone I looked up to from when I when I first started playing rugby. He they called him the Bear, um, and he literally destroyed every opposite number he came across against. So, uh, look, I, I looked up to him big time. And my first enca- my first big encounter with John Brennan was out having a beer with him. Uh, what happened to be with the team, should we say, or, or a couple of teams, because I was involved in the second team at the time, and he walked over to me and says, you're the one that wants to take my place. And I said, sorry? He said, never happening. <laughs> he, he picked up my pint, he finished it, put it on the top and walked off, and that was my first encounter with, with, with John. And then after that, you know, we just got on a house on fire, and he really he helped, helped teach me a lot of things. And, and equally with Paulie, with Nathan Kemp, all those role models that I had at the club at the time were fantastic because we never really had. We obviously we had a we had a head coach and Ben Harvey and he was fantastic, but we never really had a, a forwards coach as such. Um, you do, and so everyone sort of those senior players sort of helped out the younger lads. Uh, Jim Brownbrig was a huge one. He was a captain at Bristol and then came to the club. He helped a lot, and, and so did Ben Evans. So um, us Jersey boys coming through, there's certainly a lot to look up to and, and aspire to, and they certainly helped us progress. Uh, three promotions in four years with that team 
that must have been a special few years. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's like anything. I think we, we were winning, you know, uh, we were gaining good crowds. And um, I first played out here National 3. Um, and playing at home then was a great experience. And then the crowd numbers just built, the team built together. And we did it well. We added a couple of boys each year, so we didn't add lots of numbers at one time. We just added a couple each year, and we keep, kept building and building. And... Uh, and the promotion and it was absolutely fantastic and obviously national three was we made the playoff final and then uh, obviously we missed out the first year national two which we were really disappointed with because we felt we should have got promoted straight off uh, and then second time of asking we got through and then to national one so national one personally for me was one of my best years i think i started 24 games in a row um oh it's huge and i remember running out here four and a half thousand people around the pitch against Roslyn park and you think what an atmosphere you run out onto that pitch and everyone's cheering for you it's just it's a feeling you'll, you'll never ever forget that's for sure uh, like you said so many people back in the club back increasing numbers as well what was it like to see that and to see the the club grow yeah i think the club club grew tremendously and and ultimately it's played a part to where the club is now I think um, I think the, the club play a very high standard as uh, in the championship I mean it's huge I think people underestimate actually what the type of standard these boys are playing now um, but it's nice to myself and the squad's gone past to play a part in in the club getting getting there so seeing the seeing it build and you know just the general media, just people come to watch, and you know, you get stopped in town and said, Oh, well done at the weekend. You sort of look, Do I know that person? You know, I don't know that person, but you know, everyone was fantastic. The support we had received was brilliant, and most of the time, win or lose, they, they back the boys. And, and like that, that promote those promotion years were, were absolutely fantastic. And, and that Twickenham day was, was something else. Talk to us more about that trip to Twickenham, the club's first visit there. What was it like, the build up to start with? Do you know what it was really? It was a weird one how it came about for me because I, I at the time I was on the bench. I was I was more of a, a bench player at the time. You know I was progressing, um, and Ross Kenwright, who was, who was at Loosehead at the time, I'd been playing tight end at Loosehead at the time, went off to America for for a holiday. Um, he was due to come back the day before, and he was due to start that game against Taunton. And when he came back, he was unwell. He had I think he had a, a bug from the plane or something. So Ben phoned me up and said, Milo, you're in, you're starting. I thought, well, I thought, well, I thought also this is a huge opportunity for me. I hadn't played loose head match that season. So I thought I'll give it, give it a good go. And uh, we end, I ended up scoring a try here in the first five minutes. Uh, went on to have a, a, a good game and the team ended up notching up a really good win. Then again, in front of a huge crowd. Uh, that was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, it was. And then we end up Twickenham playing we had a camera crew with us the whole day we had the the full shaban the 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 video going onto the plane we had a camera crew the whole day we stayed overnight in the hotel at twickenham we had the cameras interviewing the lads in the morning and you know you see on the tv you see your, your england's and walking into twickenham and everyone applauding them well that was exactly how it was for when we we walked in um they chartered two planes to, to go over from here to support us uh, obviously twickenham being an eighty thousand seater stadium there wasn't obviously that many people there but i mean um there was five six thousand but what they did they sort of consolidated everyone to an area of the stand yeah. so it just it still made the atmosphere electric and all, having all your friends your family watching you and and the supporters you know and, and playing ultimately with your, some of your best friends i think that's the thing not many there's not many premiership teams you get to play at twickenham with all your best mates so having that 
that element was fantastic, and obviously to win was was amazing. I met the last the last thing I remember from that day was was walking through Gatwick Airport and all the team walking on the conveyors, and then the two the two charter flights had been called before us, so we were on the conveyors and all banging on the windows and they're all cheering at us to the lads going past. So yeah, that was that was a fantastic day. Did you have a moment on the pitch that day and just took to yourself and you were like, wow, like I'm playing that Twickenham famous stadium. Well, we, we walked out. It was almost like an international sort of thing. You walked out, you got lined up. And do you know, I actually, I definitely did cry that day. I think when I, I was out, on, I was out, me being a big softy, I was, out, I was out on the pitch and we all linked arms and we all looked at our friends and family and everyone that comes to support us. And there's a picture of me with a big beaming smile on my face. And it's just, you know, it's something that you could, that I'll never replicate again. And, also, and at the time you think, well, I probably should have made more, you know, made the most of it a bit more because... Um, not knowing my rugby career was going to be that short, but do you know it was that 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 day was just honestly one day to remember, and plenty of photos up at home to go <laughs> to go with it. <laughs> so multiple operations made you cut your career short. Tell us more about what was going through your mind at that point. Do you know what I? Well, I, I picked up a I tore my cruciate at ACL in. Um, in national, the end of National 1 season when I had such a good season um, so I was disappointed there and I just kept coming back I did the rehab I come back and then you know I did nine months worth of rehab to come back and then two months later something go again with my knee I managed to get a couple of games in between um, and I had about three years of injuries but obviously when you're doing a cruciate ligament it's so significant you know when when you're a bigger person like me as well it's eight, eight nine months minimum so you're missing whole seasons whole years at a time um, and then the last time I went to see a surgeon in the UK called Andy Williams, who does a fair few of the Premiership football players, because I thought I need to go and get someone who does it, you know, need to go over there and get a, a really good opinion. And he turned around to me and says, look, I you know, haven't seen your knee. That was the fifth operation I was going for on my knee. I literally had every ligament changed. I had no medial lateral meniscus anymore. And he turned around to me and says, look, I, I really think you should stop playing. So he, he did the operation for me. I had four different procedures done on that last one. And before I left, it, you know, after chatting to the surgeon, I made the decision that I wasn't going to play anymore. And do you know what? I, it, it hit me hard, definitely hit me hard. It probably still does a bit now. Um, but, you know, looking back, ultimately, I had to make that decision. But mentally, it has been a, it's been a really tough battle. But I have had lucky to have friends and family around me that have you know, supported me. And Steph, she's, she's been fantastic. So to have, have that support network around you, the players as well, um, was fantastic. Because ultimately, I walked into a, a surgeon's office one day and I was a, I was a professional rugby player, in theory. Um, obviously, I know I did do the pitches around the club, but I was a professional rugby player. And half an hour later, I walk out and I, I wasn't a rugby player. And I think that hit me hard. And then you, you start to question your social circles. You know, should I be hanging around with those? That I was like, well, I haven't been in the same squad as them. So you, it's, it was a constant mental battle. It's, it's a lot easier now, but definitely at the time. And, you know, you see a lot of the campaigns about, you know, it's good to chat and stuff like that. And it, it really is because ultimately having friends and family around me um, was girlfriend, players, was, was the best thing for me. Because actually I realised there's more to life after rugby. Yeah. Um, now, looking back, do you think that is absolutely the right decision for you? Yeah, definitely. I, I still, I, st- I feel like an old man. I'm 30 now, though. Uh, but, you know, I still go out and try and train with the boys. And, you know, we were short of a prop last week for injuries. And I thought, should I get the boots on? But more and more I think about it, I just can't. My, 
you know, the aches and pains are still there. Um, but you know what? It's you know, it was definitely the right decision I made at the time, and and having my last knee operation done by one of the best surgeons in the UK was was huge for me. So and it, and it's been fantastic for me. Touchwood, it's been absolutely amazing for me, and um, I still I can still keep myself fairly fit and healthy. Still in the gym, I still have a run around with the boys in training when we're short. Um, but um, but it's, but coach uh, the coaching element has been fantastic for me to stay involved as well. Was that always the next step? Yes, well, I, I always knew I loved my coaching and, and the athletic was there. Nathan Kemp had done a fantastic job with, with the athletic at the time and he was he was moving on and I thought, well, no, I really want to get into my coaching. So I spoke to Bill. Bill said, yeah, I'd be happy for you to take it on. And Nathan left and so did a lot of senior players because, you know, at that time, there was a lot of lads who were playing professionally that when it, or were semi-professionally, and then when it changed to professional, a lot of those boys couldn't play anymore because they had jobs. So that's how really the athletic was started up. Um, so a lot of those older boys had retired, so we literally had to do a rebuilding job from scratch, and, and that was it. And, you know, I, I love my coaching, love the lads that are around the squad, so um, that's been fantastic. So, yeah, I, I think coaching was the next step. Um, I'm, I'm certainly glad I've, I've done that. Um, how good is it still being around the guys every day, even at the clubhouse, even seeing the first team as well? How good is it to still call yourself part of the club? And also the pitch as well, being part. Yeah, I think it, it, it is huge. At the, as you know, at the time when I tired, it was tough. I don't, there was everywhere else I wanted to be, but not here. Um, but do you know what? The years have gone past. The lads up here are fantastic. They have every year. We have a good laugh with them, especially when I tell them to get off my pitch. Um, but, you know, yeah, we have a good laugh with them. They're a great bunch of guys. Uh, yeah, just to be around the club is fantastic. And just working outside, I think, is a huge one. You know, you just being in the fresh air, you know... I, the pitch is get, hopefully getting better every year um, and, uh, and the coaching is going well. So, yeah, to be to involved in a club like this and, and, and say you can do it as a day job to be around here is absolutely amazing. Uh, what the different challenges do you think or the main differences from being a player to being a coach? I think, uh, I think transitioning from a player is very difficult because you get very frustrated very easily. And ultimately, you think, oh, you know, if I was there, you know, but actually, I wouldn't be adding any more than what those lads, are, those lads are doing their best, you know. So, and ultimately, there you're there. My big thing was, it's not. It was about winning initially. Um, to be brutally honest, everyone wants to win games, but actually, over the years, we, you look at how many players we've developed. You know, that's been that's been huge. And win or lose, if you're if you're developing players, that's the main thing. And you know, being a good coach is yeah. You've got to win games, but ultimately it's about developing players as well. And that's something that's vital with the athletic must do is develop players. And you've seen the likes of, you know, George Wilmot earning himself a professional contract. Um, you know, Ewan Davies is just headed off to Scotland. We did a lot of work with him with the, in the athletic before he went off. Um, you know, so there's definitely Scott McClurg had a decent spell with the first team before he went travelling. So the Athletic is still producing those boys which is fantastic and my job is to if they've got the potential is to take them to the is to get them ready for the next step yeah. and then Harvey takes them on from there or just to be the best they can be playing at the standard that they are yeah. um, you've obviously coached been head coach for Siams as well uh, talk to us about the difference in the motion obviously being on a winning side and obviously you've lost one as well yeah, I think, you know, I think it's four Siams and one three um, as a coach. It, the Siam bit up special. I mean, I say, to, I say to Steph, I said, right, I'm getting up 
you know, I'd be at the club by nine o'clock on a Siam uh, on a Siam Cup day. You know, I watch the veterans. I try and help the help the veterans out a bit this year. Um, you know, help with the kit and stuff like that. And I just want to be around the whole day. It's such a special day. And if you ask anyone this year, I mean, we had th- just over three thousand people watching the fixture. Um, the, a lot of the first team boys were spectating and they they had a fantastic day i think some of them were pictured in the crowd with the old chants and everything and it was just it was just such a special day and that feeling in the dressing room when you know when you're playing guernsey it's a different feeling you know um have known quite a lot of the guernsey boys for a while now because we've met them over a fair few times over the years and it's a feeling that again in itself is for Simon cup is is a very special day and obviously we we lost in guernsey um that was very tough but Guernsey is always a really tough place to go. It's not, you know, if you're a player coming from Jersey, going to Guernsey, as it should be, it's going to be a tough place to go. And when the crowd get behind you, they roar, you know, uh, get behind Guernsey, they're roaring them on. And, and that, that year they beat us. They'd had a fantastic year. You know, they, they won a lot of their games. They got promoted and they were on a high, um, you know. So that, that was, you know, that was, a, that was a tough day for all of us. And, you know, after the game, I had 14 lads crying their eyes out after the game. And you look around and you think, actually, that's how much it means to these boys. And our job then was to pick the lads up, say, look, it's part, part and parcel of the game, winning and losing. Uh, pick them up, let's go, next job, and let's win it back next year and let's have a good season next year. And then we, did, we went on and, and, and won it this year. So that was, that was amazing. And you, you don't want to lose a home sign. You win, if you win your home signs, they're, they're the ones you cherish. Would you say those games against Guernsey are as big as any league cup games yeah i think i think they are i think just just the rivalry um everyone wants to win and the good thing is we're we're, we're at similar sort of we're at similar sort of levels now i think guernsey are still playing a very very good brand of rugby they're they're winning games already again this season they want to go straight back up um but there, there's no doubt that people shouldn't shouldn't underestimate and i think some people do is the level that the Athletic are playing at and the Guernsey first team because it's, it's still it's equivalent to conference football. You know that's how that's the level that rug, the rugby we're playing over here, and in Guernsey, in Guernsey maybe a bit higher. So, um, so it, it never should be underestimated. So, but you know, but I think the rivalry is still very strong, as you've probably seen it. You'll see in the social in the in the media's uh, we, a couple of weeks before the game about how many who's playing this, who's playing that. But but ultimately, it turns out to be a really really good ding dong on the field. Um, how good, obviously you've been at the club for years now, how good is it to see the growth of the club over those years? Yeah, it's amazing. I think I, t- I touched on it before about the level that Jersey first team are playing at now. Um, you know, to have, to have championship rugby, one below the premiership, on the island is absolutely amazing. I think we offer so many. We offer uh, the Royals, uh, who play at like a level nine. Um, you play. You've got the Athletic, which play at like level five, and then the first team that play at level two. So on on the island, you've got such a, a huge range of rugby. Um, you know, standard wise, which is absolutely amazing. Um, but I think the growth of the club has been fantastic. And you, when I first kept, walked around these fields here, when I first played on the pitch here, none of this was around. And now you see you've got supporters, marquees, you've got, you know, terraced areas, you know, and it's absolutely, it's fantastic. And, and then we ask on a, on, a, on a home game, you come up here and you watch the first team, um, you know, there's people, everything's going on. You've got the music of the Tannoy system. It's, it, I suppose it's similar to, to what the Bulls have now, you know, it's, it's a really good atmosphere. And similarly with Athletic, you know, Athletic now on a home game get 
70 to 100 people for lunch every game for a pre-match lunch and that so that, that's fantastic and even then the athletic getting 300 up to support um so yeah so the, the the growth of the club has been absolutely fantastic you see everything from the players the backroom staff how much it's all evolved and how much we we need to keep going to stay as a championship club that's that's huge as well um but no i think i think the club's club's done fantastically well to get to where they are and, and long may that continue uh, do you have any advice to youngsters maybe listening to this and wanting to get into rugby or wanting to or already in rugby and want to make it to that top level? Yeah, I'd just say, look, just, just stick at it. Um, you know, I started rugby at, at 15. You don't have to start rugby, you know, when you're, you're six or seven. But ultimately, if you can get into the sport, it taught me so many values, you know, um, to, you know sportsmanship, you know, working as a team. Um, and just meeting some of your best friends, you know, some of the best of my best friends now are all through I met rugby, and it's something I would never change. So I'd just say stick at it, keep playing, get out, or if it's not rugby, get out and play some sport because I think that's something that is happening less and less at the moment is kids getting out and participating in sport rather than sitting at home. So I definitely say, regardless of what sport you play, get out in the fresh air, um, get out and play a sport, and, and and keep yourself nice and fit and healthy. Um, finally, what's the plans for you in the future? Well, do you know what? I'm, not to lose my hair from coaching, I think. That's, that's one of the big things. Um, yeah, I think I just want to keep progressing in my coaching. Um, I want to keep, my big thing is, you know, obviously I've got the, the pitches as well. Um, obviously keep the facilities getting better. But also it's just with, with the coaching aspect is, is really just can, continue to develop young players coming through. And yes, I want to, we want to finish as hard as we can with the athletic. Um, but I still think we are, the athletic do very well to be in the league that they're in, considering all the teams that have got uh, extra players. Um, so look, keep, I'll keep cracking on with the coaching, uh, keep cracking on to do everything I can help Jersey Reds progress as a, as a whole um, and see where we go from there. A big thank you for Milo for his time and his openness about his retirement especially. There was a really big message in there that it's okay to talk and talking does help. Thank you all for listening to Sportscast Jersey. It means a lot. If you're you're listening and your team or you as an individual want any more promotion, please don't hesitate to get in contact at dpasport19 at gmail.com. Once again, big thank you to Sports Hub for sponsoring today's show and see you next time. Sportscast Jersey, the voice of violent sport.